Okay, so hopefully this works here. I don't know. Okay, hold on, let me do the intro stuff. <laughs> with YouTube, I don't know if it ever like actually works. Because with Twitch, I know right away when it's working. I think we're still running into overlap. Probably. That's why John... This is why John needs to be... Oh my god, and we're live with 10 Street Hooligans on a special episode of just Zuby and the executive producer, Johnny Jesus. Slivers. How are you doing? This is, this is the, the more I get promoted, the worse my life gets. What's happening? Your life's not getting worse. What do you mean? Oh, train wrecks? We can, we can, we don't need to talk about those train wrecks. It's fine. Train wrecks? It's fine. Everything's fine. Okay, so I need to figure out how to share this stream. Like, where is the the sharing? Can you share this out on tw on the tweeters? Yeah, I'll get my tweeters going. I'll because um, I from this whole like control panel end, I don't know how to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> Hold up, maybe if I go to maybe if I go to John's channel, I can find it from there. Hold, how do I do this? Just open thought process. The whole yeah. how does John do his job? Here at well, Street. like I said, it's Our poor if, fan. if this was if this was on Twitch, I know exactly what to do and how to get it done. But no, he's got to be special and use okay. YouTube here. All right, how do I just copy? Okay, here we go. Oh, hey, we got people in the chat. Hey, how's it going, Spike Feeders and Casey Davis? Give it a minute; they'll get bored. <laughs> yeah, they'll, they'll get bored with both of us. Um, <laughs> And so, unfortunately, like I said before, uh, it's only me and executive producer Johnny Slivers, and w everyone else couldn't make it. I think Pixie Kitten is working on moving into her new house. Um, Coach is in Houston somewhere, and John didn't John have something he had to do tonight, or I think I with even, one of his kids. I think I don't even, probably. I'm sure yeah. that's. I'm sure that's what it is. I'm sure it must be. So, how's it going, man? How's your day been? You mentioned something about Nekasar right before yeah, we went live. Yeah, I, I finally started... My Nekasar deck has been usually... Was this, like, hot... It was... I have a stock version, and then I've got the version where I took the Commander 2017 Wizard deck and the 2013 Nekasar deck and melded them together with just the Precon cards to see how much better it would be. And it got... You know, there was some nominal improvement to it. And then I started fine-tuning it and that's why i'm running a little late tonight because i was like it was actually working so i'm like killing people with iron maidens and vicelings and price of knowledge and doing like prosperity for 10 and people take 10 and it's always oh, fantastic you sound it's, like a terrible human being you know what they got rid of paradox <laughs> engine so this is fine you get to yeah. draw cards and play magic. That's what happens. So it's basically I f I feel like playing Arch Enemy. So there I go. I play my Nekazar deck. <laughs> See, that's funny because whenever like my friend, he's got a really good Nekazar deck. I when he plays his Nekazar deck, I make sure to play my Grand Arbiter deck, so I can just <laughs> stop everything he's trying to do. <laughs> oh, God, <laughs> which in which in turn makes me the Arch Enemy because I stop everyone else doing everything too. Yeah, although you know we we were playing against a Yuriko deck, which um that was cheeky when he whatever what some crazy oh, oh Yuriko that's the Yuriko's rude and it got like you can't block they, creatures with power one 
or t- well, toughness no, of one? Well, no, no, or... that was um, that was one of the funky Umazawa something like tribute cards. The oh, y- oh, okay. Yama, Yaka, Yama, Yaka. Oh my God, what's wrong with me? Um, so Yuriko, uh, when a ninjutsu card gets through, if a ninja gets through and Yuriko's in play, you reveal the top card of your library, and then each opponent takes damage equal to the CMC. So he connected one time and got a 10 CMC creature off the top. It's that stupid one with the suspend. It's like a 10 CMC, 6-6 six, six unblockable, and then you can suspend it for f- like 5 suspend for 2 mana or 3 mana. That sounds so terrible. He, he fired that off once, and I was like, okay, here comes my Maze of Ith, and got that into play. And Maze of Ith held him off for a little bit, and then he got another ninjutsu card, and apparently... When you Mazeveth and like Yuriko, um, you just uh, you can ninjitsu, if you got the mana for it, you can ninjitsu another ninja in place, and then ninjitsu Yuriko back into play, and then it doesn't matter, and it just completely negated my my Mazeveth. So we started like I had a Temple Bell in play, and I was trying to like nerf his top deck to see if we could not die to him, and we managed to do that. And then I started like Viceling and uh, Iron Maiden got in play and I started drawing, having people draw cards out and it was just, it was beautiful. It was great. I ended up milling out in the end, but it was close. It was a good game. See, talking about this has made me miss playing more paper magic. Cause I actually did play some paper magic last weekend. Uh, just my buddy and I playing one-on-one EDH and him proceeding to completely wreck me with his Animar deck. Um, oh god every those... single freaking time it's i'd come really close and then i would have an answer for him on the next turn and then he'd just be like uh infinite combo win i'm like you motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. saucy minx yeah yeah so animars it... are, that's another rude deck like that's what you see be. animar and you have to be there there's a lot of infinite combo that comes out of there even without yeah. paradox engine like that's just that deck left unchecked will hose the table if it's if it gets out of control. And what's crazy is how fast it can build back up even after a board wipe and all that too. It's yeah. insane. Um, but no, that that's been fun. But I guess before we get really into the meat of the product tonight, what's our uh, charity? For this month so month of july we are putting the spotlight on mental health america at mentalhealthamerica.net uh they do advocacy for mental health awareness and helping people find services where needed um they have a donation page if you feel like giving to a charity this month uh this is the one that we are promoting so please check them out that's mentalhealthamerica.net awesome man awesome do you have a special guest with you tonight yes this is I don't know if no, I just saw this and I was like, oh, this is weird. I'm drinking lobster beer. Lobster uh, made, beer. Uh, the famous Narragansett. There's a so, lobster on it. And I've never had this before. So this is, we're going to live test this now. Oh, geez. And, and I think, I don't know how people feel about this sound on. on uh, well, anyone who's really into the ASMR probably just really love that sound just now so much let's see <laughs> oh so um ursa Bearwalker has is calling us the meat and potatoes of tin street hooligans i think so does that make dunning the sriracha the sriracha he, he brings the spice to the show the <laughs> or no he brings the actual flavor we're just the boring meat and potatoes <laughs> of it all. potatoes do you oh, want a my... certain accent with that 
Meat and potatoes. Meat and oh, potatoes. Sure. Well, no, you're you're, fr- you're from up north, eh? So you're pretty close to Canada. Well, see, I'm close to Canada, but I'm Jersey born, so my accent's oh, yeah. not right for up here. <laughs> and even then, I don't have much of a Jersey accent anymore, so it's kind of like eh, I'm not from around here. It doesn't quite count. Yeah, it, it's funny because both my parents are Yankees, and you know they moved. I was born in Florida, so I was it's Southern raised, but with Yankee parents. So mm. I never had that. But there's sometimes, especially when I'm a little bit drunk, my southern drawl or my southern twang will come <laughs> out of me. <laughs> but not too much. Um, so I've got some purified drinking water. I was thinking about getting a beer, but I don't know. Since I'm sort of in control of all this mess here, I don't want to accidentally click off. Totally get it. Just like when I'm doing D&D DMing, it's like, I don't want to drink because one, I got to sort of wrangle you all in. And two, I got to sort of control the show as well, too. So, yeah, that's always fun. It's always fun. We never got, you know, what? No, we need we need to we need the party needs to be like have a long, like proper rest because I need to be able to tell people to do things insane. Oh, yeah. That's part of my character. (laughs) (laughs) so tonight we are going to be talking about a bunch of stuff um it was funny because when we were discussing what to talk about last week we're like oh man what are we going to talk about we're not going to have a lot of people here and then what was it saturday or i think it was saturday a whole bunch of news dropped and we're like okay this is kind of perfect for us because then since this is going to be a lighter show um we're going to be discussing throne of eldraine uh, that set the booster pack club or what did they call it the project uh, booster fun club or something project boost, pro- nobody talks about booster fun club that's the first rule <laughs> and then we're going to be talking about some magic brawl as well too that's especially yeah. coming to arena so i guess let's get right into um discussing throne of eldraine uh so that set was announced officially announced um I think Saturday it was at San Diego Comic-Con it was officially yep. announced. And, yeah, I um, think that's the place. I don't know exact time, but yeah. Yeah. It sounds good. And I, I guess I want to hear some of your thought, your first thoughts of Throne of Eldraine and what you think of the set so far. I think this is, I think the theme behind the set is intended to be one of these under-the-radar jokes from Wizards of Coast kind of aimed at a lot of you know how people in the comic book world have been complaining about like a certain superhero is cast by someone that it's not that that wasn't supposed to be they're not the right oh, I don't know they're not that's not the proper representation of it you're ruining our childhood the little mermaid thing. yeah the little mermaid <laughs> or like when when there's a female thor or they like cast a different race or ethnicity for a character and like how they like how they whitewashed death note on netflix jesus yeah so you you hear a lot of people talking you heard this coming up from comic book enthusiasts about how they're ruining our childhood Mm -hmm. so wizard of the coast is going back into fairy tale land and literally ruining childhoods with some creepy art and yeah. <laughs> they're taking every childhood nursery rhyme going to grim and being like how is it supposed to be we can do that no problem goldilocks oh isn't she so cute with the meat cleaver and bear trap over her shoulder are those the bears oh my god 
Hell, let me see if I can find some of the art too. We can we can spe what we can speculate on for Eldraine will probably be go into if you have children, go to the nursery books. If you've got a stack of books from like when you were a child and there were nursery rhymes that your parents read to you, go there and you'll find the magic cards for this set. So we're probably gonna see the three little piggies and Big Bad Wolf. What else we have? Um, little Miss Muffet will be another one. I don't I know like how she's going to show up. Uh, seven yeah, Dwarves. Don't forget Snow White. <laughs> yeah, because right now, I think what's being represented is we've got, we've got like you said, Goldilocks. We've got the Gingerbread Man. Mm -hmm. um, is this supposed to be Little Mermaid in one of these pieces of arts I'm seeing? I don't know. I saw a piece of art. I, I don't know where they are. I've yes. seen bits and pieces. I saw it look like a mermaid with a sword in a patch of lily pads. No, no I think that might be King Arthur, like the, the lady in the lake, ha handing oh, the sword okay. to King, like Excalibur to King Arthur. Um, so we get lots of knights. We get... Yeah, yeah. You're, it looks like they have Cinderella, Snow White, Hansel and Gretel. Where um, are you seeing the art? Like, where, what well, side here, are you going to? Here, let, I'm going to DM it to you via Twitter. Just so you can see, because okay. I, I I just googled Throne of Eldraine art, and this is the website I'm seeing. I'll put it in chat too, in case someone wants to look with us in chat. Um, but no, I'm loving the art for this. You, you know, one of the first things that really hits my face, and not my brain, but my face, my literal <laughs> face, when I'm looking at the art here, is a lot of it. So wait, Rapunzel? Are yeah, yeah, Rapunzel. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Uh, oh my god! No, but one of the first things that really hits me is it doesn't look homogenous like we've seen for the past couple years. A lot of the art looks pretty unique. I I also I'm guessing based. On, oh my god! There's something baked into a pie. Isn't that Hansel and Gretel? I yes, and I saw the gingerbread house. And yeah, this is basically you go in, but you go back into all of your nursery rhymes and look for that. And Jesus, Goldilocks looks dead-eyed, man. Yeah, that's she does. Yeah, yeah, right beneath the gingerbread man, it looks like the Little Mermaid right beneath that, just because of the mirror reflection showing human legs and yeah. And then right below that, looks like you apple. got Snow White. Are you kidding White. me? So wait a second. Is what? Disney buying Hasbro? Oh god, I freaking hope not. Oh my god, please no. Is Disney buying Hasbro? Is that how they're getting like is this a not although let's let's face it, I think it's pretty safe to say this is Seth McKenna's home. In yes, this, in this yes. some of his art on this so far has been amazing. Like that one with the, the knight being hugged by that ghost looking lady. Yeah, that's a really that's gonna be a sweet playmat. It looks like oh my it was gosh, set up yeah. a playmat. This is fairy tales and Disney. This is man. They've got to have oh my like God. you got me scared now. Saying like is D Disney either gonna buy Disney's going to buy? Oh, you know, God, no, I'm going to please go, no. Disney Google. owns enough of the world right now. <laughs> Disney will be our overlords, whether we like it or not. And my uh, wife, Mrs. Zuby, is obsessed with Disney too. I have to hear about it all the time. I mean, they're they're making a grab at live streaming services. You, all the Marvel oh. stuff from Netflix is getting dropped because oh, yeah. of losing, the contracts are wrapping yeah, up. And Disney Disney's going to do their live stream. Well, yeah, Disney um, Plus is going to be a part of Hulu, too. Did you hear that? So that's interesting. Disney stock showing at 
140 a share. And then I guess I haven't looked at Hasbro stock in a long time. Um, Hasbro stock? Let's take a look at that. But I that like this is not just fairy tales. This is like some of these could I think Snow White. Well, well let's see. They're, they're, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. That's a long time fairy tale, and Disney just turned yeah. it into a movie. And, and right? same okay. with so, Little Mermaid and Cinderella and so and all that. They, they, they've like, been fairy tales around for centuries. But it just it's got me thinking because you know Disney's all about that copyright. You know they put things in the vault. They don't come out and for ten years at a time. So they get a handle on that storyline and that brand and everything. So wouldn't that be hilarious if like Disney goes Hasbro and say, Hey, what you want for that shiny Please little no. wizard of the coast company you got there? Please. No, <laughs> God, no, that would be the one way the reserve list gets shifted out of reserve list modes, promises, promissory estoppel. And they put it into like a vault style where we get to see reprints, but once only once every decade or something, that would be That's- a really good Supreme verdict question. Would Disney buying Hasbro kill magic? <laughs> we could make that the final question for one of the episodes um, when we have more answers. Yeah, that, that would work. Oh, my yeah. God. We'll save that for Please, like when we're no. going to two Oh, God. I, I thought we were going to talk about art and Throne of Eldry. Now you got me all like <laughs> putting on my tinfoil hat now. My tin Choo-choo. street foil hat. <laughs> hi Oh, God. Yes, your tin street foil hat. <laughs> Custom crafted. Oh, no. Tested. So the art in Eldraine is amazing. I, yeah. I think because there's such this very deliberate nod towards fairy tales, we can definitely get an idea. We can look at old fairy tales and really think about what their inspiration was and what kind of cards we might be able to ex- expect. The Goldilocks threw me, but this is going to be like, this is almost like a planar chaos kind of thing where everything's all upside down. And apparently, yeah, Goldilocks is going to be killing bears, which is appropriate because we've gotten so much support for bears in the last couple of sets. Well, and wasn't um, that part of the original story too? Like she killed the bears or something? I didn't know. I saw the fluffy version, so I have no idea. <laughs> I well, thought you, at the end everybody was friends and they had a laugh. Well, no, you got to remember that a lot of the the original stories are pretty dark and grim. Well, yeah, I figured the grim version was she gets eaten by the bears because you don't go walking into a stranger's house oh, and yeah, eating all the yeah, food. Yeah, maybe she did get killed. Yeah, maybe this is her revenge story. Like you say, planar chaos, where it's yeah, whatever yeah. happened in the original story, it's now the opposite. They're they're all inverted, and somehow, like, <laughs> it's like the, the Snow White was the witch with the apple the whole time, and the oh. dwarves are her puppets, and I don't know, something insane. Just whatever could possibly be and the, insane. And the evil stepmother yeah. was actually in the right the whole time because Cinderella turned out to be like <laughs> an an evil incarnate, like da- Damien, like Lucifer's <laughs> son or Just something. Like, <laughs> she's, she's possessed. Yeah. So she had to keep Cinderella locked up because <laughs> if she got loose, the world would be destroyed or something. <laughs> Yeah, she had to keep her locked up to save the world. Yep, that's what's going on. I think we called it. I think we we nailed it for this episode. Good game. Oh, wow. Yeah, this took a completely different um, angle here. I love it, though. I love it. Um, Yeah, so have we... I don't think we've seen any cards at all for Throne of Eldrin, except, well, no, we saw the one 
the commander card in the arcane signet, but that's that I want to talk. Yeah. I want to talk more about that for brawl, but I mean, besides those two cards, we haven't seen anything else. Right. I don't think so. The, what I read in the article, it sounded like they're when they date, there'll be special cards within the set where there'll be different art or they're playing around with the frame for debuting new mechanics. So like every so many pat of versions of the card, you'll see a unique version of the card, which is neat for collectability. I think, you know, as we get into talking about the booster packs, I think wizards learned a hard lesson with their mythic edition debacle, where there is a huge demand for unique and interesting collectible type cards, even if they're not at the premium price point. So they're, I, I, you know, they've been talking about this for months on end, I'm sure, since at least a year out. They may have been to- toying around with this idea for a while, but I think after seeing the responses, it's, you know, it's not surprised that this something like this was already in in the works because the complaints about the Mythic Edition type special product had been a problem even before the latest this latest version yeah. from a couple months ago. So they'd been hearing the complaints well before that. I think that definitely, this last one just definitely really hit the nail on the head. It's like, this is a problem. This is not good. We're really angry at you. And just the PR behind it, I think it must have stung a bit when they had not only, okay, here's the buckle, no problem. We'll send out the foil sheets to all you that place the product code number, blah, 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 and you didn't get your product, and the foil sheets start showing up damaged, and it's like, man, that's rough. That's, That's definitely rough. So... There, I'm sure that put a little more incentive to kind of like step it up, make sure that something like the new products coming out uh, with different different boosters was definitely showcased. Like when Rosewater's talking about it, they're probably like, we need to put this up in spotlight and be like, hey, look what we're doing here. We're fixing a thing kind of thing. So <laughs> I think that's that wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if there's that that's a motivation behind kind of some of this spotlight they're putting on it. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Um and that was something that you kind of mentioned before we went live here, and I guess I never really thought of it like that because I completely, I completely kind of ignored the whole Mythic Edition debacle that happened because I was not interested in any of them at all. They were cool products, but I didn't mm-hmm. personally care about them. Um, so, yeah, the the collector booster is, like you said, probably the answer to that, but. Uh, is it really that fun? Is it really going to be worth the $20 a pack too? It depends on what we see in the list. We have, you know, we have very little information about what's actually going to be in that card pool. But at the same yeah. time, it's part of a buy a box promo. It sounds like you'll get a buy a box promo card and it, an it, actual collector pack, it, which is, is, good. is that right? It's part of the box. That's- I, that's how I read it. In they'll be including with the buy a box promo one of these packs for uh, from the from the collector's edition. If they're doing that, there's a whole lot more people out there who buy just a plain booster box for a standard mm-hmm. set. This is a great way. That's a great place to put them. Like it's a box topper, and that's something they tried out with the mythic editions with the with special box toppers for. Uh, the full art cards when they did them. Uh, what was it? The first one or the second one? What was the where? When did that happen? It was in the Ravnica set, the latest Ravnica set, and they were doing a. Yeah, I think that was a the thing. They had a box topper, 
and for a single full art card and then oh no 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 you're you're talking about um ultimate masters had the first box topper right that's what i'm talking about and and because before that they had the guilds of ravnica mythic edition which was a travesty that was the very first one and then (laughs) and then to try to appease people for that they did the box toppers for some people and then they started putting box toppers in all the ultimate masters uh-huh, yeah. And then Ravnica Legions came out, and the same tr- debacle happened again for them. That's like, yeah, they. <laughs> I think debacle after debacle, they're like, we need to do things with products. So mm-hmm. then you've got, uh, I do like, I think um, Ted had, Ted from Cardsphere had put out a poll about which boosters are you going to be buying. Um, people were, it was a pretty, pretty heavily skewed towards either the draft packs or the collector packs. I voted for the theme packs. I I like the idea of those 35 card counts. I bought one and the cards that I got were nice. Um, I think for people who are looking for specific, if they want to like narrow the focus on a color type, because they know they've got a few cards in that color type they're building for, whether it's for standard or for, um, or for something like EDH. I like that. I like that concept. Yeah. It's just, it feels like it's a nice way to put, put agency on that. But um, I don't know. I don't see myself buying the collector packs. I don't know. I have to see what's going on. I have to see more of the. Yeah, uh, and, and the how stable. you can actually get them too, because I just, I just read the article real quick, and you're right. They do give you one for a buy a box promo, but are you going to be able to buy more than that if you want? Like, will they be able to give them to LGSs and buy more, or are they going to sell them at, you know, Walmart, Target? Um, theoretically, GameStop, your Amazon. LGS, I think theoretically your LGS is supposed to be able to get them, but we've, when it comes to premium products, we've seen what they do, and they go direct to Amazon. They they sell direct to customer. Or Walmart, Target. And or Walmart, Target. Target. Yeah. Yeah, that is. yeah, but, um, well, I mean... You can't exactly hate them 100% because that may be some people's only way to buy magic cards physically. Yeah, and I get that. Besides get Amazon. That. It's, it's just, it, it just does feel like LGS has been such a cornerstone of the co- gaming community for oh, magic. Yeah. Where, well, no, matter, no matter what, like I went down the commander tonight and we had, there were, ended up being three pods of players playing. So we definitely, it, it's definitely a place where even I wouldn't be surprised if I don't know we're kind of like wandering in and out of topics here. Yeah, I know. I wouldn't be surprised if the LG they they're looking at if Wizards is looking at their numbers, looking at their sales for Commander and things like Battle Bond and those kinds of sets, realizing that the paper product is still moving, knowing that it's for Commander players, and that the Commander players are still going to the LGS to you know local game stores and really doing their part and supporting that by, you know, when I go there, I'll buy singles from my local. I'll buy yeah. packs from my local when I can. And, you know, I go, when, I, when I'm when i looking for my singles, I, I check in with them, like, hey, you got these cards, because I'm trying to round out my Commander 2011 set. So I keep checking back in with them. Do you have any of these cards? I want to try and mm-hmm. get them from you. And then I'll eventually have to pull the trigger and get them online, because a lot of the stuff does sell out. Yeah. But this, you know... Commander players, we buy singles, and we buy singles wherever we can find them, typically. And I like to buy them for my local. Yeah, that's understandable. It's um, I don't know. I I still get worried about the, and like I was telling you before before we started, and maybe we can elaborate on this a little bit more. When it comes to the collector packs, I almost get a little worried that depending on what's going to be in them, and depending on we don't even know the whole um. A set of what's happening you know what's going to be in this um this whole set but 
I'm almost worried that these collector packs will start to devalue the regular cards that aren't these, you know, extended art, foil, whatever, whatever editions that are coming out of these collector boosters. Uh, you, you would get, I think if they keep them as a limited print run as possible, if they're talking, if they're serious about what they're saying, that this is like going to be a, a one shot set comes out, they throw these out in the market and then that's it, then that's fine. And if they dialed back the specialty cards, some of the specialty cards in the standard set, then you have to go to those collector packs. So there, there's, they can toggle that, uh, how they, whether they do that and how they handle it, that's, that's going to be on wizards. Because if they do flood the market, if they do a second print run, that doesn't that will probably undermine market confidence in those products and in the singles that come out of them. And yeah, that, I think I think the finance people are watching this very carefully. I I can't speak to it, but I wouldn't be surprised if they're kind of looking at it cautiously, wondering if how this is going to affect. You know, is it going to be totally brand new collectible type items where yeah. yeah, it's a copy of this card, but it's the only way you'll get this art. Um, I think that's going to be a big part of it. They have to take real control over their print run, or they are going to devalue the actual cards that people are trying to get. So there's that double-edged sword. Like, yeah. what is is it? Is it worth it? That kind of thing. I I don't know. I I oh. don't have much stake in that particular product. Yeah, I mean, it's not like I care too much about the prices of cards, but I think about it. You know, this this whole extended art you know, for a lot of the rares and mythic rares almost kind of reminds me of what Pokemon runs into where they've got the, the certain cards that are like Pokemon EX cards. And then they got special alternate art of Pokemon EX cards or whatever the heck they're called. Um, if you, if people out there play the Pokemon card game, know what I'm talking about, where they've got special art editions of these cards and those special arts are always going to be worth more in the regular, versions of those cards aren't are going to be worth a lot less and sometimes it devalues those cards as well too that aren't the mm -hmm. special alternate art or whatever but i don't know but you're right there like how how much is this going to flood into the market too um are these going to be more harder to get like the mythic edition rares you know or the mythic yeah. edition boxes I'm I'm actually peeking in at chat here, and, and Galaxy Games has given us some, some information here. Most stores will get 25 to 30 booster boxes of the collector packs. And what is he saying? Like 12 packs of in the first wave pack boxes. Up. Yeah, 12 pack box for a hundred well, up to 200 dollars. But and I then, mean, th uh, that's a lot. Like if you think of every game store just in the U.S. and let's say they're, you know, I I, I don't want to guess how many there are, but that that's still a lot. And then on top of what you'll see at GPs or Magic Fest as well, too. Yeah, and I mean, it's going to come down to, uh, like, so, what is that, 2035 in the first wave? Hopefully, you know, hopefully Galaxy, we're only seeing one wave of it. Like, if we're going to keep the maintain the value of this, this product, a single wave, and be done. And he's also saying that this is replacing a Mythic Edition. So, I think that, you know, one of the big lessons probably being learned by Wizards from Mythic Edition is the way in which it's sold was mm -hmm. part of the problem. And not giving, you know, not channeling it through through the, through local game stores, if a brick and mortar store, you yeah. run into a problem where someone abuses the digital platform that's selling it, which is what happened. We saw, I saw a picture, someone posted a picture of someone who had a couple dozen boxes of this Mythic Edition, and that's just insane, because they had all their bots in place. 
and that's what happened. So you've got, and that that just, this is a way to get around that. Be like, they realized for the third time in a row they had an issue with digital glitches, and it wasn't getting fixed. And if it kept going, it was going to damage their brand further. So this is a way. Like, if they're sending it through local game stores, if they're set putting packs in standard boxes, that's that's a great way to move that product and incentivize people to buy their regular standard product. Um, I'm I'm all for that, but again, I you know we can beat this dead horse into a pulp. It, they it's all about their print runs, and if they well, yeah. put multiple print runs out, that's going to affect. I mean, it's a, it's important to talk about too because you know there may be some people out there listening, watching that aren't too familiar with this. I guess to talk about what's going to actually be in a collector booster, I want to mention that real quick because it's very different from a regular what now they're calling what you and I are used to calling the booster pack is now called a draft booster, which is the common has 10 commons, one land, one ad slash token, three uncommons and one rare slash mythic rare and has a possibility of a foil card in there as well too. Mm -hmm. Um, And they changed the ratio on that starting with 2020. Yeah, the ratio is now one in three packs versus one in just under four packs or yeah. something like that. Yeah, I, I noticed because um, I opened up two boxes of 2020 yesterday, and um, yeah, I noticed a hell of a lot more uh, foils this time. Um, but, I mean, that that can be a whole other topic. Like, does that devalue foils even more? Um, mm, I don't know. I mean, like, there's still rarity of foils, too. I don't know. If, I don't think it's... I wouldn't say it's that drastic. Yeah. So what's in the collector booster is nine foil commons, uncommons, uh, one foil rare slash mythic rare, one rare slash mythic rare with extended art. That's the special art we were talking about. Three special frame cards. They're saying showcase or borderless planeswalkers. Uh, and the showcase cards being the um, the new card kind of card frame that is going to be in a throne of Eldraine where the card kind of looks like a page from an open book, which I really like that new frame style. It's pretty cool. That was uh, cool. It, it's, uh, um, yeah. It, it looks a lot better than sort of the other frames we've seen, like from Amon Ket when they did the whole, uh, the, the split cards and then plus the invocations as well too from Amon Ket. You mean the hieroglyphics? Yeah, that was barely that was, readable. I think that was barely people legible. People talk about how they like, they made so much border that you couldn't see the art. The real problem was you had to like magic eye your way into figuring out what the card was because you had to read first, look at the casting cost. Like, okay, what could be the casting cost for that? And <laughs> go through their Sanskrit and be like, uh, Oh, right. It's, it's, uh, Oh, it's, it's counter spell. Uh, I know what counter spell counter- does. I can, I can cast <laughs> counter spell. I know how to do that. <laughs> I just can't yeah. read the card. Cause yeah. dude, so yeah. that I think that was the biggest fault of that run of invocations. It was just that and, it was so hard to read. And not only that, but I also didn't really care for the design of the split cards either that, of Amonkhet. That was, yeah, Cause, I cause, didn't because one you can hold up like a regular card, and then you have to turn it the other way, and it's like ugh, just just pick just pick an orientation of how you want. Yeah, it to wait, be. and way to way to give information to your opponent and be like, "What's in his hand? Oh, well, oh, they yeah. got split cards. <laughs> I can tell." Yep, because they're 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 either tilting their head or they're moving the card. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so the three special frame cards they're gonna have one an- an- ancillary card. I think I'm saying it ancillary. And one foil token. So the ancillary card, um, 
a slot for new cards that are connected to the set but don't appear in draft boosters, the card pool for this slot can vary from set to set. For Throne of Eldraine, this will be a buy-a-box card, the new cards from the Planeswalker decks, or the new cards from the Brawl decks. This slot is going to be a catch-all for me mechanically unique cards associated with the set, allowing collectors to get them from here without having to purchase other products or participate in other promotions. These cards will be in non-foil. So essentially, most of the time you're going to get some Planeswalker deck card in that slot and then realize, why the hell did I buy this collector just, booster? This, sorry, this this just feels like you go to Walmart and there's the mystery box. Oh, This God, is where yeah. all the mystery box cards are going to go. Yeah, th th this, <laughs> this is going to be... Slot. Yeah, th they're going to be like, oh, we kind of overprinted all the Planeswalker decks. Let's just throw them in this slot here. <laughs> Wizards, watching, Wizards watching Walmart be like, I want some of that action. I know, right? <laughs> this is Walmart's answer, or uh, not Walmart, but this is Watsy's answer to that. <clears throat> God. God, oh that just God. sounds freaking terrible now. I know. I wait a, wait a, We really put a nice sheen on this one. Hey, that, that's what we're here for. We're here to put the truth out there. That's right. The the true facts. The, tr <laughs> the true the true Tin Street facts here. Um Ooh. Steeped in truthiness. <laughs> so, so you were mentioning the theme boosters. You actually like the theme boosters. You've bought some before. I've never bought one before. I picked up a Rakdos theme booster, which was not 100% on theme because the rare happened to be a Gruel card, but it was still Ooh. red, so okay. But it was um, is theme. The theme boosters are great if you're trying to build a certain type. What they did with they they did this in the Ravnica set where. If you bought the Rakdos one, you could count on seeing a couple copies of, well, I'm, what, Skewer the Critics. I think I got three. And then there was, uh, what was the, would Light the Stage or oh, something? Oh, Light Up the Stage. Light Up the Stage. I got two copies of that. If you were trying to build that kind of a strategy in Standard, if you picked up two of those packs, you pretty much, you were starting to get staples for what you needed. I, th I think that was really cool. Monocolored decks are a thing that they're they're seem to be theming out in the yeah. next couple of months. Uh, going monochromatic for these themed for these theme packs. I think people are more excited for the draft packs and the collector packs, but I think I think these theme packs are definitely going to serve a purpose at least for standard players. I don't know how how strongly it'll be for like an EDH player. Um, there's a whole other product line that they go for this isn't even aimed at them yeah i mean i but see this I, yeah. definitely being good for newer players because i know um i know this one of my co-workers he's a newer player he's bought some of these before and he's loved the hell out of it he, he has used this for some of his commander decks and for some of his like jank standard decks as well too mm -hmm. yeah i i think there's some comfort i think when people are just just are trying to get a, a handful of cards that will fit into the decks that they've already built or they're trying to build rather than like let's face it people get pinched on cash and we've got a lot of products coming out this hype oh train gosh. just it's just it's just a slow roll it never stops at the station you just hop on whichever car happens to be your flavor and yeah. it, it's ongoing um alt was talking about it on twitter like this is the i di actually died and i'm really just in hell and it's always hype season it's always and, spoiler and, season it's like yeah this is preview I've, spoilers it's always happening it's, it's just it, now it, it's it, it's getting to be too much it's like i'm starting to get burned out like i'm excited for throne of eldraine but i'm kind of also 
I feel like they're hyping up this set. We don't even know anything about Commander 2019, but as soon as Commander 2019 is done and out, oh, throw in a Veldrain now. Just, it's like, start consuming products. Don't ask questions. Just buy more products. <laughs> ask us no questions. <laughs> That's what it just feels like. Just your money. Yeah. It's just, oh my God, it's, it's too much. Because it's like, because what I used to do was like, after each new set came out, I would look at and be like, okay, what EDH decks can I upgrade, you know, with, you know, from these new sets? Now it's like, dude, I haven't upgraded an EDH deck since, who the fuck knows what set? I don't even know. I don't even know anymore. You can't keep track. <laughs> I it's can't, it's I can't all keep such a blur. That's yeah. the thing. And I think, I think people are, it's like the five stages of grief. People go through, they go, there's the stage of hype, then there's the stage of burnout, and I think I'm currently in the stage of just numb. And eventually you get to this state of this is the way life is. This is our, it's wizard's world and we're just living in it kind of thing. And yeah. and that's that's what's happening. It's just like this constant drone of new product, new product, new product, new product. And you're just sitting there like a zombie. There we go again. And then they'll, they'll, you know, there'll be little sparks of life where you see stuff you like. And then... And then something else comes along. You're like, "What? Wait, Squirrel. it's been six months already." Yeah, I know, right? It's like it really feels like War of the Spark just came out. Corset 2020 just came out a couple weeks ago, and now and even it... Corset feels like it's an eternity to go because we've got 19 yeah. right around the corner. Oh, but by the way, while you're all waiting patiently for the preview season for Commander 19, here's Eldritch. Throne, throne, Eldred, throne of Eldrain, the, the thing, the, yeah. the Robin Hood, Ren, Robin Hood, Robin Hood's gonna be in there. Oh shit, that's we're right. We're gonna get a Robin Hood. We gotta get back I on. We gotta, I hope like, we do. We gotta take notes here. Like we really gotta figure this out. Like we got Robin Hood, so that means there's gonna be Little John, and then there's gonna be the Little Friar. John will be a planeswalker. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> just with a big stick, and then. Or gotta, Robin Hood should be a planeswalker for sure. Um, now, now I want to like get back into like what are, I got to. We got to rack our brains for chat. Help us out. What kind of you know what's what? your favorite nursery rhyme fairy tale that you want to see a magic card come out of? The, this this just hit me. You know what? Dak Faden died too soon. He should have been part of Throne of El. He could be Robin Hood. Yeah, he could have been was Robin talking Hood. About that. He should have been like they just. Why would they kill Dak? They're like we have Rolls Eric. It's Dak. You killed Dak, man. Yeah, R- Rawl Zarek is just a scientist and shit. He's not a thief. Which Robin Hood, Robin Hood slash Dak Faden would be perfect. Such missed opportunities. God. It's just the worst. What are the other... I'm so dusty on, like, my... my... God, what else is it? I feel... I know there's, like, a whole bunch more. Um... There's and Grimm. Uh, oh, we need Sleeping Beauty. And we need the poisoned needle from the the spinstress thing. Oh, the, the um. The, yeah, yeah. That, that that's sleep. That's Sleeping Beauty. Yeah, that's Sleeping Beauty. That's um, Sleeping Beauty. What are the other? Are we got What other characters are we dealing with here? Let's see. I mean, they already have Little Mermaid, which is a really popular tale. <laughs> um, they could do. Uh, fuck it. If 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 like your Tin Street conspiracy foil or tin foil hat is going true, you know, with Disney buying, you know, Hasbro, then they need a jungle book 
character like they need some mogli do we get a reprint of aladdin's lamp oh shit aladdin (laughs) and the 40 thieves right yeah oh my god we could get like all the stuff that's not from a right from arabian nights that's not on the reserve list we get reprints of that oh my gosh what 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 are we doing here we're just monsters that's what's going on so is there gonna be an aladdin reprint is there Narnia? Is is Narnia? Is, does Disney own our Narnia? Narnia. I don't. Probably in it, some weird way they do. I don't know. You know, fuck <laughs> it. Let's throw in Lord of the Rings in there. We're going to get some hobbits <laughs> in the new set. Because why not? Dove. The one that the stepmother was killed by her stepson as a dove dropping a millstone on her as revenge for eating. What the fuck? Gunner NWP, <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? Hey, I have never heard that things. story. Oh, 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 the other the other fairy tale story with the, the mother who lives in a shoe with like the 18 kids or some crap. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right? Yes. <laughs> oh, God. Peter, Peter Rabbit can be one. Yeah. And then the to- Oh, the race of the tortoise and the hare. Yes. That's right. Oh my god. The 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 tortoise is actually he he, he take it's meandering tower shell reprint from Kanza Tarkir. <laughs> or or Excellent. or it's a it's a tortoise planeswalker that that spits out a token <laughs> that spits out a token of meandering tower shell. <laughs> tortoise planeswalker or or you know, we also we should also go to the office and look at what Dwight Schrute references in all of his little like German fairy tale folklore. And uh, oh, it's an Bershnickel. old German story. Is it I the don't remember. <laughs> Krampus. The yeah, it could be, you could put Krampus in it. Why not? They've got the gingerbread man, and it's going to be the fall set close to Christmas. You know why not? Why not? Let's just go balls to the walls. Let's put Santa Claus in there. Um, Flying reindeer, talking snowmen. This works. Yeah. This, this checks out. The Grinch. Put the Grinch in there. You know, <laughs> the Grinch is actually you know, he's actually a devil being summoned by like Rudolph or some shit or I don't I don't fucking know something. <laughs> <laughs> Lo and behold, Rudolph is a shapeshifter that was originally a lemming, and he's taking them all off the cliff. Yeah, he 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 can guide them through the fog, all right. Guides them to a fog of death. <laughs> You're not getting your presents this year, little boy. Hey, Dasher, I found some rocks for you. <laughs> oh, God. Ah, Fox owns Narnia. Disney lost one one billion. Oh wow. Okay, I'm reading chat here. Oh, and then uh, Evil Genius. Yeah, but but Disney owns Fox Brothers. now, so in a sense, Narnia is owned by Disney. So, win for Disney? Maybe. Yep. I don't know. It's, ha- it's close enough. Yeah, so so this just in, uh, Disney is buying Magic the Gathering. Uh, we have <laughs> no sources or any foundation of this at all. It's just, it, we're going to spread this like wildfire now. Pure speculation. Pure speculation. Completely unfounded. Completely unfounded speculation based on our talent for finding the hidden clues, the Illuminati, um, the hidden eye in each art. Um, Jet fuel can't melt magic cards. (laughs) 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 Oh, shoot. All right, so 
I guess we're we're just we're just freelancing it here. Freelancing, freestyle, it? Free, well, freelancing, freelancing it. Well, freelancing would freestyling. suggest we're getting paid, but we're not getting paid. We need to no, talk to Mister Supreme Lord John Dunning for getting paid here. I I think he owes me like eighteen back paychecks or something. You'll be receiving them in the form of frozen nuggets. Frozen? I don't want frozen nuggets. I want hell. That was apparently in a contract somewhere. So who knows? <laughs> Evil Genius, remind us about the Russo brothers. We don't get to it in the next, like, five minutes. Oh, Evil Genius. Oh, oh, that, that's my boy right there. Uh, hey, what do you think about the Netflix series that the Russo brothers are doing? Um, yeah, let's talk about that. Why not? Um, before we get into the Magic Brawl, because there's really not a whole lot to say about it, maybe? I don't know. Maybe you have a lot more to say about Brawl than I do? Um, maybe. But, yeah, let's talk about the Netflix series. Um, I don't know anything about it, that, except that they're doing a Netflix series. <laughs> that's... That happens to be about as much as I know too. I know. That I, I think it's also animated series, too, which is the way that should be done. Yeah, because frankly, you can get the special effects you need for the wow and glitz and flying and blinging and all that stuff, but you can. It's a lot easier, probably a lot easier for voice actors because you just find time. They find time in their schedule. They record their lines and go, and it's done. Um, animation definitely gives you much more flexibility with how you want a character to look and how you want them to move and act so there's i think going the animation route is a great idea it gives them a lot of room to to maneuver in storyline if they need to they i think it's just a great play and uh i'm hoping like you know, if they go with if they go the classic gate watch route to start, that's that's fine. But yeah, that that'll be fine to start I, off with. Like if they start off with origins, like, yeah, start with origins. Fine, you want to do the Chandra Liliana thing and and Jace. Fine, I suppose. After it feels like how long has it has it been? Ten years? Have we been hanging out with Gideon and Jace and Chandra for the last ten years? What hasn't it been more? Because wasn't Lore went out in two thousand six or two thousand seven? Has it been more than ten? Yeah. Uh, let's see. Lorwyn was short, just before shards of Alara, right? Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't oh, it two thousand six? Oh eight. I think it's, I feel like it's more like oh eight. Oh okay. I might yeah, be m- wrong, maybe you're I right. Feel like yeah. Because it was like Lorwyn was the fairy set, right? I think so. Yeah. So Laura was, it was that the was introduction the to the Lorwyn Five, yeah. Yeah, I got back into the game like late 2010. Zendikar was on like on the tail end there, so Zendikar was a 2010 year. Shards was 20, uh, 2009. So I think I yeah I think like Lorwyn that's around 2008. So we saw we've been dealing with the last the same set of planeswalkers for literally 10 years. Yeah. So now that they have finally wrapped up that story arc they locked away bolus yay there's still one more book coming out Uh, good for the book um i'll be getting the book and reading it because i read the other one and it was pretty terrible but um so gunner (laughs) nwp is asking if the art style is going to be south park for the is it going to be the art style south park for the new mtg show i'm gonna say no It'll probably be what, something from the Russo brothers. Yeah, it'll probably be something cartoony, like super cartoony, like like just like Teen Titans or some crap. Oh, yeah, like that? I think so. Mm-hmm. I've got a feeling that, that's how it's that gonna just be. Seems, 
that just seems kind of like cheeky kids kind of. I mean, now but if maybe the that's humor is going to be something for. like regular show or some of those funky uh, adult like um, cartoon network cartoons where there's it'll a be lot like of Rick and Morty. Right there. <laughs> no, that, that's what the art style will be. Like. I guarantee that's what it's going to be like. A Rick and Morty style. I don't know. Like I would almost. I would be. Maybe if I don't know, I don't even think. I'm, what are the Russo brothers known for? It won't as far be as anime, animation? Evil Genius. I don't know. I don't think the Russo brothers have they ever done any kind of animation before. See, this is where we need John because he's yeah. the one that's into film and he knows that stuff. Yeah, we got to call him. No, he's all Mister. Um, being busy with my family or some stuff, whatever. But um, <laughs> so that actually, have you heard that they're doing a Star Trek cartoon now? Another what? one, yeah, and it's gonna be in like the animation style of Rick and Morty type shit, and it's supposed to be all like comedic and funny. And I'm just and I'm I'm sitting here crying like, what are they doing to Star Trek? What are they doing to my poor Star Trek? This is now the Star Trek segment of Ten Street Hooligans because we have to discuss <laughs> this, and I don't have anyone else to talk to about this. <laughs> we, we we have, I mean, we're, it's just. We're just two co-pilots here, so we've got some extra time on our hands. Yeah. <laughs> there, this is, I, some of the animation. I wonder if this is a thing because my kids have been starting to watch like um, Disney cartoons on YouTube. Like, yeah. we make sure we're checking to make there's there's no go kill yourself cartoons because that's insane. But the uh, there's this. It was like it was Mickey Mouse, and we've seen some of the really old vintage stuff. But then there's newer stuff. But the animation's modeled after, like, the earliest days of Mickey Mouse cartoons. But you know it's a new cartoon. And I'm like, I'm wondering, is this, like, another attempt at (laughs) rebranding? Yeah. Are are they rebranding? Are they trying to take a retro look and, like, slap it onto a new product and see if it sticks kind of thing? Like, I don't know. When I hear, like, a Netflix animated series for Magic the Gathering... I, I almost want it to be on par with something like the one of those like Final Fantasy animation for the Final Fantasy or, movies. Have you ever watched Castlevania? Evil Genius mentioned Castlevania on Netflix. That I mean, that's more anime style, but that looks really freaking good for a Netflix show. That this... I haven't seen. I haven't seen that one. I'm trying to but, think of like other animated series that I, I can reference. Um, I, I I don't. I don't know the really the cartoons of Netflix. I do. I have seen the an, the anime series of Netflix and that they release, and some of them are really good quality, like anime style, like the yeah, new Godzilla my, animes that have come out. Are really my 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 knowledge pool on uh, on anime is sparse. I I think. Well, ask Evil Genius here. He's like a freaking anime guru and comic book guru, apparently. I'm trying to, like, my reference points would be uh, Attack on Titan, like the first season or parts of the first season. I still um, haven't seen that show, and I've been meaning to watch it one day. I I love, uh, it's cool art, cool concept storyline, but I'm like, it's always like, I'm juggling between the subtitles and then the actual animation. So it does take away from it a little bit for me. Um there was another one that was dead, some kind of dead death carnivore. There's, there's something about their, they do things with their blood. And it was like, I watched part of the first season of that show. 
and eventually it was predictable and boring. It was like, uh, yes, uh, he, he he's challenged and he's whining and he finally comes through in the end and it was every episode was the same thing. Yeah. I'm like, nope, that's predictable. All right, <laughs> so boring. before we go into, some, before we get back into magic here, I just got to ask you one, this one thing. One last Star Trek question here. Have you seen the new Star Trek Picard trailer? No, I've heard about it. Okay. Are you a fan of Next Gen, like Picard and all that? And Yeah, I watched Next Gen. I, okay. I definitely, like when I was growing up and um, and it was on it was on regular rotation. What? How many seasons? They got a good seven. number of seasons out of that. Yeah, so seven, seven seasons. seasons. I watched that. I enjoyed watching that and the movies like most of the uh, most of the movies that they had come out were pretty were really good i enjoyed them so i like that cast i like that storyline and those characters i i do enjoy the kind of like altered timeline with the late newer movies that they've had coming out with um i forget the, except star the, trek into darkness that's terrible we can all agree on that star trek into darkness was which one was that the, the, that was, was that the, that was the wrath of khan remake essentially that one what what was wrong with was that was it that bad that was the one that was, yeah, it was terrible that that had um what's his name the the guy who plays doctor strange um yeah i keep i keep i mean i, I feel like it could have been worse it was pretty you know bad. it was pretty bad <laughs> it, it could have been worse i suppose yeah it was, it was pretty bad but um no i i say definitely check out the star trek picard trailer because it I'm cautiously optimistic about it. As long as they don't go the Discovery route of Star Trek Discovery, I think the show will be fine. But I'm a little See, worried. Star Trek Discovery was confusing. I, I will. I saw some of that. Not not the whole. Not any whole full seasons. And it's just. It's a. Is it set in like the future? Future like way no. in the future versus. What is that based no, on? Like, where no, does it, it fall in the timeline for Discover, like Next Generation? No, so Star Trek Discovery is set ten years before the original series with Captain Kirk and Spock and Bones. But the okay, yeah, but it looks way too good, right? Yeah, and I'm just thinking. But okay, that... so so what's crazy is now. At the end of season two of Star Trek Discovery, it's now the furthest in the timeline of Star Trek because there was this whole time traveling plot, and now they're stuck nine thousand years into the future. Spoilers: It's not like it's not that great a show, anyway. People, it's really <laughs> fucking bad. <laughs> I love science. They, that's one of the word. That's one of the sayings in Star Trek Discovery. Science is cool. Oh, okay. As so I want to stare. So there's time. They time traveled. Yeah. And that's why. It's. It's. I. Literally, Spock says in Star Trek Discovery Season 2, where, where Spock is a renegade criminal, um, <laughs> he, he, he says, I love science. Where they're talking have, about some stupid black hole, how they're going to force have, a. Are, have we reached that point in the development of entertainment and movies? That we are, we have no, we really have no original ideas left. No, and we are we taking, we're taking whatever we can, mashing it together and throwing out a wall to see if it sticks. Is that pretty what's much, happening? pretty much? See, what's funny is the Orville, which is you know Seth MacFarlane's, you know, like ode to Star Trek, is more <laughs> is more Star Trek like than actual Star Trek right now. 
I gotta check that out. I gotta, I, dude. That, it's that looks so like good. it's a lot of fun. Like I, I, I will admit, I am not a fan of Seth MacFarlane, like a Family Guy. I am, I do not like Family Guy at all. Um, so I was really hesitant to watch the Orville, but I love the Orville. My wife and I love that show. Um, Evil Genius says, I know a lot of people had issues, but I like DS9, Deep Space Nine. I'm actually re-watching that show right now, Evil Genius, and I gotta say, Benjamin Sisko is the father I always wish I had. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, we could get back on Magic. We'll okay, so, so Magic the Gathering, <laughs> um, so a new Star Trek expansion is coming out for Magic the Gathering. <laughs> <laughs> vehicles galore v- yeah, vehicles galore and benjamin cisco is your daddy <laughs> brought yeah. to you for the people who brought you bob kisses back <laughs> i do yes i do not like family guy pixie kitten it's a terrible show all right uh. Trapixium says, I thought this was a magic podcast. You're wrong. It's only yeah, me and Johnny here, so and, it's, it's behold, whatever the fuck is... we want to talk about podcasts. Last week wasn't a flu. We're really just going <laughs> off script. <laughs> Wait, we have um, scripts? Do we have, do we have oh, a few once upon a time? I think, yeah, where were we going back on magic? Where, uh, let's we let's talk about, about Brawl. Let's talk about Brawl and what they're trying to do for Brawl now for Arena and the pre-constructed decks. What are your thoughts on it? I want to hear your thoughts because you seem to have more I'm, thoughts than I do. I'm fuzzy about exactly what they're doing with Arena because that's definitely not my wheelhouse anymore. So um, just to give you up to speed on Arena, they are putting Brawl in Arena later this year after Throne of Eldrin comes out. And, those and new they're keeping pre- it there? As opposed to just, you know, here it is for a week. That's what I'm understanding. They're keeping it there, and apparently the pre-constructed decks for that are coming out for Brawl, you'll be able to put them in Arena. Like, you know, you get the little code. Okay. I mean, that's, that's, that's good. That's a start. And if people want to just play Brawl and get their pre-cons and play it on Arena, that's good. They, they definitely need it because, I gotta be honest, I'm getting so tired of Standard. Because I only really play constructed because I do not like limited at all on arena because it's terrible, um, but it's brawl is much needed. And I and from what I understand, it is a permanent format, and I really hope it stays that way. I don't give a crap if it's ranked I, or not. I think honestly, I think if they would just, I, I understand. I guess technically it's still in beta. They need to make formats permanent. They gotta like it shouldn't be just some here's pauper for a week. Yeah, it, which is. That still that's annoys the stop, hell out of that's me. A waste, that's a waste of time. Like, code it, keep the format in there, give the people the variety. Because, yeah, and you get... And Singleton, too. Singleton's a lot of fun, too. Yeah, and I think one of the... With Arena... The, here's the thing with Arena. The games are so much easier to get into. Like, booting up MTGO can feel like a process just just for the sake of yeah. getting, the, getting everything started. Arena, you log in... You open up a deck, you find a player, and you play. And that's great, but that means people are playing through games a lot faster. Mm-hmm. A whole lot more potential to burnout on standard or whatever the ranking ladder was, oh, whatever yeah. it is. You, the, keep the options link, like, uh, live. Keep, keep all those options up. Singleton, Brawl, 
whatever you whatever formats you've got on Popper, deck. Bomir, all that. Keep them. Just keep them. Yeah, some of those formats are going to suck because they don't have the card pool, but they're there. Or, or they don't have enough players playing it. But, you know, I don't mind waiting a little bit to be able to want to play Popper against someone or or Singleton yeah. or Brawl. I don't mind waiting. You know? and, and honestly, if they want to keep those... I, the other thing would be they, they need to have some way of people being like, put the theme packs in there for, for Popper or for Brawl or whatever so people can be or, like, oh, I want to get a pat like a little group of packs that are specific for building in this format so I don't have to spend $500 or, on random digital packs. You, another thing they could do is something that Pokemon Online does is the Planeswalker decks that they have now, why not make a mode for people that put in a Planeswalker deck code, okay, now you can play against other people's Planeswalker decks. Because they do that in Pokemon Online where when you get a an introduction or like a like a pre-built deck, you can put that in Pokemon Online and play against people that just have those kind of decks. So that way you're that would be cool. so that way you're sort of more on an even playing field. You know, that would get me to want to buy a Planeswalker deck so I could be like, okay, let's tr- play some, you know, play against someone else with, you know, may- maybe my friend. I can play with my friend with his Planeswalker deck too. And we can battle it out. And maybe you can, I don't know, get extra unlocks or something for that. Just as rewards for playing that. Yeah, I think that I would love to see more versatility in the formats available on Arena. I I would like to see... I just don't want to get bored with it. And that's the thing, I got bored with it. Because I I wasn't going to pay into standard in a digital format that didn't even have secondary value. It's just that keeps that's a, that's still like that yeah. hang up for me. Yeah, I'm starting to get burned out on standard right now. I loved standard when War of the Spark came out, and now since M20 has been out, I've been getting really burnt out on it and I'm ready for a change. It's I I, I need Brawl to keep me wanting yeah. to play Arena right now. I I think for me the biggest thing with Brawl is the fact that we are going to see it, it sounds like uh, pre-constructed paper products. Which and I am a hundred percent okay with, because that sounds awesome me, to try to pump me you know, too. some life into it. I am all it. for. I mean, I'm all for more commander staples that happen to be aimed at another target market, like signet of uh, the uh, arcane signet. That's nuts. It's basically fixed Felwar stone, and you get you get to fix it specific to your commander. It's that's it. There's no. I gotta look at Felwar stone again. <clears throat> It's same casting oh, cost, yeah. yeah, and similar. It's just that you don't have control over what colors you get to play your casting because yeah, if your opponents yeah, it's are better than your... Felwar Stone, yeah, yeah, it's better than Felwar Stone. It's easily good. it could easily replace Felwar Stone. Um, between that and Geo, oh God, what's the one that came out in War of the Spark? The one that like when it enters the battlefield, you can scry one. It's three to cast. Like Mana Geode or something. Mana Geode, yeah. The Mana Geode is like yeah. the lesser commander sphere. So there's a whole bunch of mana rocks that are just straight up staples for commander, doing things that are going to push out uh, mana rocks like Felwar Stone or Gilded Lotus. So there's that's something I know. I, I know I saw Brainstorm Brewery talking about that, like certain. The, the optimal mana rocks are really becoming these signet type cards and mm-hmm. this just adds another one where you don't have to think about it this goes in your 99 and, and granted there's the argument 
well, now they're making these cards designed not for Commander that are going to get played in Commander, and I hope they print some more of them in the Commander precons, which is arguably a good point, because this common card is going to cost a fortune. Because it literally goes in every single Commander deck. And yeah. Commander players brew more than one. Every Any Commander player that I've met, I'd say 99% of them have at least three decks, if not more. Most commander players are compulsive brewers, and they have several dozen commander decks. Even if even if they're bad ideas, it doesn't matter. They're brewing. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. I definitely brew way more for commander than I do any other format. But I I like the idea that this can be a crossover product, where a standard player who wants to get into singleton will be in contact with people who play a different format who also want the same product. So you you may have commander players that are like, okay, I want to dabble in Brawl. I don't want to play Standard. I'll pick up one of these for like a... kind of like how I'll buy buy the commander precon decks and keep them in stock form. And that's what... Pe- I can see a lot of commander players doing that with their Brawl decks to do that. Just, just have it. But there's a lot of staples. If they have a lot of playable staples in there too, it's going to be one of those things like... It's interesting the way I see this happening. Wizards wants Brawl to work. Wizards wants it to work on Arena. Wizards wants it to work in paper. And I think it kind of misfired when they first introduced it. They they, they announced it way too early before having it on something like Arena. And now, you know, it's still been kind of lingering there because it's got Wizards support. And then they're going to put out this product... And the thing is, the product, while it is designed to be a standard legal type set, I really see this becoming a major piece in, if it becomes a regular product, a major major piece in the cycle of purchasing for a commander player. Because we've got, commander players now have basically four products to deal with. They've got their commander precons. If Brawl becomes a standing product that shows up for every standard set, uh, then that's going to be another product that they have to look at. You have the anthology set that comes out. And then you've got whatever takes the place of, you know, Conspiracy and Battlebond. Battle or Modern Horizons. Easily, or... While they were draft sets, yeah. there were commander staples that showed up in those sets that you want in your commander decks. Mm-hmm. So it's like having a whole other dem- demographic of consumers outside of standard that you know you want to sell your products to. And, yeah. and I think it'll be interesting to see how it goes. I know there's a lot of to- a lot of people talk about how they wish the Commander decks would go back to a November release date closer to Christmas. Be like, it'd be great for gifts. And I wonder, I wonder about that move to push it to August. And maybe it has something to do with the fact that at the holidays, they're in competition with other, you know, other gifts, essentially. Especially video game industry. Yeah, if they're if they're trying to get in on the market of people who are shopping for Christmas gifts, they're over, they're in competition with things that have nothing to do with Magic the Gathering. Yeah. So moving to August takes them out of that competition zone. They they don't have to fight with that group of shoppers. They know they have a solid base. They put it in August, and then people are picking those up before they've spent their money on Christmas gifts later on in the year. So they're kind of like beating the Christmas rush to the rush. They're getting to that money first in August. And that's probably why they put it there. 
And then Brawl decks, I think, are showing up in September. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think they're, I I think they're coming out around the same time as Throne of Eldraine. Okay, so late, uh, probably late September. Is that right? Yeah, it, I think it's near the end of September is the pre-release, but I think it officially launches like in the first week of October. Okay, so first week of October, we've got roughly six weeks since the pre-cons for Commander are out. That, I, I can see this being, frankly, like another Commander product. Oh, and yeah, if, standard, sure. if standards want to players want to pick it up, that's great. But I wouldn't be surprised if there's a run on Brawl decks if there's enough standard play, or Commander playables. Like the Commander that was showcased, uh, what was it? <clears throat> Chulain, Teller of Tales, a new Bant legendary. Where yeah. It's a 2-4 human druid with vigilance. Whenever you cast a creature spell, draw a card, then you may put a land card from your hand onto the battlefield. That right there is amazing, and then you can pay three and tap it, return target creature you control to its owner's hand. It, it's it's some busted stuff. Uh, I, yeah. I can see that getting... That's going to be really good. Because, uh, let me see, I'm going to go find my tweet, because it's definitely... It's Panharmonicon. And then... Oh, I'll find it here. Panharmonicon, and then there's a spread. There's a fairy from I think M15 called Quickling. It has flash. It's one in the blue. It's a two-two flyer. And then when it enters the battlefield, you bounce a creature that you control back to your hand. Oh. And then was this something that you put on? It wasn't this something you put on Twitter. Yeah, it is. Um, I'm I'm God, finding I, it. I hate right the now. new look for Twitter. There, Shit. That version of so quick there's quickling and then there's white main line and there's a couple other iterations of that card doing the same thing but basically with panharmonicon in play you double the triggers you get to draw two cards you can put two lands into play you can just basically loop that out and draw your deck so and even if you don't get it into looping mode you've got the ability that like being able to flash it you can really push a deck built around this card and, Jesus, and I think that's, that's ridiculous. If, if if we see more, I, I think if we go seeing more cards like this commander and things like the uh, the arcane signet, this is going to be a hot set for commander players. There's just yeah, and, and it should hopefully try to boost people wanting to play brawl too, especially online on on Magic Arena. I think that's what they're really trying to hope for. Like if Arena. If Brawl Arena really takes off, that should hopefully translate mm-hmm. to more paper players, and maybe people be more willing to play paper events of Brawl. Maybe I think the Arena. I feel like Arena might be a little tricky because the other the other market that they're dealing with Arena is they're kind of trying they're trying to grab that Hearthstone money and get the Hearthstone players over. People who play Hearthstone aren't are used to functioning without paper products. And that might be the yeah, challenge. but like, but the th- but the thing with magic is is there I know j- just in my area of my LGS is I know there has been an influx of new players thanks to Arena, and it's them playing Arena and coming to paper events that definitely helps and they buy more product that way. Um, I mean, of course, that's not the same for everybody. But it's I, I think with them infusing brawl into arena that could really help boost the sales of this. That would, I would I would hope so, and I would hope my my hope would be like brawl players start seeing 
getting used to a singleton format and then seeing Commander and be like, okay, maybe we'll try Commander. I, this yeah. is this this definitely feels like a cross pollination effort between different yeah. markets of players. I still think the thing that they really need to change with Brawl is make it a non rotating format. I think that's still going to be a detriment to Brawl. Yeah, it's and Same, and, and yeah. I'm not saying almost kind of make it like Commander's younger brother to where it only goes back to maybe it only goes back to Kaladesh and up, right? Or, or maybe Origins and up, and that's it. Maybe. And uh, I think, you know, people talked about... I remember hearing about people experimenting with the idea of Commander being modern format staples, like modern-only kind of thing. Yeah. As far as my own personal experience with my local game store, our players, there's just not much interest in it. There was some talk of... I doubt there was some talk of the, the whole uh, Oathbreaker thing. Yeah. But I never saw anybody show up with an Oathbreaker deck. I never yeah, saw anyone same, playing same Oathbreaker. It's a great idea. Uh, but I, I love just, the idea of Oathbreaker, but I don't want to waste my time building a deck because no one in my area wants to play it. You know? Yeah, and I, I, I have my fear with, with Commander players kind of crossing over to other formats is they're kind of entrenched. At least that's my perception of it. Commander players found their, their groove, and that's where they want to stay, because you get to play your old cards, and yeah. that's that's one big draw for Commander. And you only need one of those cards. Yeah. And Brawl, like, there's a lot of people who are... There's a there's been a... The, the population of players that have shown up in the last five years are... It's a massive population, but that group that showed up in the last five years doesn't necessarily know about or have access to those old cards. Mm -hmm. So that does make Commander a bit more of a difficult format to access if you don't have your Maze of Ith and other staples that, like... All the fetches and dual lands. Yeah, the fetches, the duels, the, the weird niche cards that you never would have heard about until you actually see it in play in those front of artifacts you. Like, that have three paragraphs long <laughs> because they're old yeah 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 like like people playing port Colas and you're like what's that and it, <laughs> and it takes you like five minutes to read it and understand yeah it. and it takes you five minutes to figure out how it all functions and then you realize oh it locks up the whole board yeah great I can't. Ca- I cast, but I cast my spell. No, you didn't actually no, cast you, it. You didn't cast it. You'll have yet. to wait and Portcull until Portcullis is gone. So, like experiences like that, I think are harder for newer players to like jump into Commander Brawl. would be a great start point, but it's definitely going to be a better experience for newer players. I know, but the, that's the. But if they make all these staples, it's like, well, the newer players want them, but the Commander players bought them out. I hope they make a good print run on the Brawl well, yeah, product. Yeah, not only that, but I, I still feel as a newer player, you build this awesome Brawl deck, right? And then a year later, oh, you can't play that Brawl deck anymore. It rotated out. I still feel like that feels bad. Yeah, a, I think I think that's going to... Especially as a format that right now is still kind of being marketed as pretty casual. It's not competitive, really. They could, they could steal Frontier name and put that on Brawl. <laughs> or or just call it, or, or maybe make a, a sub-format called Historic Brawl, since they want to call the Forever stand, Evergreen Standard Historic on Arena. Maybe, historic. They'll, maybe the Historic Brawl, I don't know, just something. because Ooh, Legendary Brawl. Legend, myth, mythic Brawl. Mythic Brawl. 
<laughs> that sounds drunken terrible. brawl. Dr- yeah, drunken brawl. There you go. <laughs> we'll go through. We'll go through. Uh, Magic becomes a uh, eighteen plus or twenty one plus an up game <laughs> at that point. Ethic win. There we go. Yeah, man. So. Is that, I, are we, is that our topics? Do we cover it? Yeah, I think I can't think of anything else to talk about. We talked about um, a lot of Throne of Eldraine stuff. Um, we talked about the Booster Fun Club. No one talks about the Booster Fun Club. That's rule number one. <laughs> First rule. Um, we talked First about rule, we Fun Club. Talked about Star Trek, which was very important, and then That's we ended right. with some Magic Brawl. Um, is there anything else you can think of that we need to bring up? I don't know until we actually see more previews, like preview cards. That's, uh, I think we gotta wait and see for yeah, because I don't, I don't think we'll see any Eldraine previews for the next couple of weeks. Yeah. We're gonna start seeing the uh, Commander 19s coming I out think soon. Next week we'll start seeing previews of that. I think, or the week after. Or or maybe they'll do a thing where they just start. How did that happen? They were previewing two. Well, they previewed Modern Horizons before they previewed cards from War of the Spark. But War of the Spark came out before Modern Horizons. Yeah, it was something like that. Yeah, because they previewed some cards from that. And uh, I don't know. It's so confusing. (sighs) Yeah, man. All right. All right. So so let's round it off here. Um, What about... Or where can people find executive producer, senior, or senior executive producer Johnny Slivers? See, he keeps giving me that title. Hey, you're hey. So, with each this, new title this, change, the, you're getting a pay bump. A pay bump, yes. More hypothetical nuggets. Yes. And then, yeah. And if anything goes wrong, I can be extra responsible for it. Yeah, there you go. That's what's happening. That, that's the point. Thanks, man. So where can people find you? Uh, people can find me on Twitter at Johnny Slivers. You can find me here, and you can find me at Cardsphere.com blogging about EDH. So awesome! Check them out. Shit, I forgot to mention that Ten Street Hooligans is brought to you by Cardsphere.com. But hey, I played the little Cardsphere video before the before the thing started, Ted. So and I, I'm so mentioning there. Cardsphere right now. So hopefully Ted doesn't fire John. For me forgetting to mention card sphere. <laughs> and I'm wearing the cards we're both wearing the card sphere hats too. I, I have go. a feeling it would take a lot <laughs> for us to get fired. Well you Just see it's it's, it's it's cause you, John, and Pixie are, are the ones actually sponsored by Card Sphere. Oh, I'm not even sponsored. I just wear the hat. Oh, no, but you but you write for them though. I write for them, but yeah. like I, I like I write. So, so you're kind of sponsored for that, for that, yeah. But sponsor. Is well, not well, like well, my well I guess it's not really a sponsored thing. So, but you kind of work for them. I, me and Coach don't, but we love going on the show and helping support Cardsphere.com. So, <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm probably putting myself in a corner here, where Ted's just going to be like, "Yeah, I'm sorry, John. You got to let Zuby go. <laughs> you can't have him on the show anymore. He just fucks it up." <laughs> so anyways i can be found on my podcast magic with Zuby, and that can be found on itunes google play stitcher and TuneIn radio 
I can also be found on Facebook.com slash MagicWithZuby, on Twitter at MagicWithZuby, on Instagram at Magic underscore with underscore Zuby. And you can email me with any questions you may have at MTGZuby at gmail.com. This show right here, 10 Street Hooligans, can be found on your favorite podcast app. Yes, we are now on podcasts. You can listen to the show after it goes live if you miss it if you don't want to watch the video maybe you're taking a long drive into the sunset and you want some magical tin street in your ear holes you can find tin street hooligans on your favorite podcast app it is everywhere out there i put it out everywhere um we are getting some downloads we have a the 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 analytics i was looking at the the podcast um we have someone from new zealand listening to the show which is pretty cool we're um, international. Yes, we're, we're international. international. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, extra international. So thank you, New Z- random New Zealander. Um, <laughs> and um, so Tin Street can be found on John Dunning's channel. They said we said where he does a myriad of awesome shows, not including the show or but, uh, well, including the show on top of the Hive Mine uh, director's cut, cult of films, and I feel like there's one more show I'm forgetting. Um, uh, there was YouTube's, but that's on hiatus. Yeah, that's on hiatus. But yeah, make sure you subscribe, like, comment below, and like John Dunning's channel. They said we said because he does amazing content. And thank you all for watching tonight, and have a great night. And thanks for hanging out with me and senior executive producer Johnny Slivers. <laughs> God. 